Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. like that the second hour is here for this thursday edition of hot mic with honey with across the outkick network glad you're with us whether that's listening to our great radio partner or on youtube streaming live just search out outkick outkick.com and more chad we've got armando salguero who joins us coming up in 20 minutes he is about to be on his way to new york new jersey because he'll cover the giants and cowboys and then we'll stay and cover Monday Night Football. That game's Sunday night. Monday Night Football, Jets and Bills. He's got you covered there at outkick.com on all things NFL. Um, and that starts tonight with the Chiefs and the, the Lions. We'll find out in early warm-ups, probably roughly two and a half hours prior to kickoff is whenever they'll work Kelsey out if they continue to choose to do so. Sounds like he wants to play. They may have to save him from himself based on how the workout goes for the long haul of the season. He's only missed two games, three games, since he since his rookie year. And one of those games was COVID. The other were just rests going into the, uh, the postseason. Um, and by the way, Ryan Leaf will join us too in hour number three, which is coming up in about an hour and 20 minutes from now. Precautionary measures, possibly, for, could, uh, could for, be, for yeah. Travis Kelsey. Could be. Um, Flushing Meadows is hype, Hutton. I don't know how much you pay attention to the U.S. Open. I just see highlights. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't pay much attention to it either. Quick U.S. Open update for all of our viewers out there. Coco Goff and Madison Keys, the two Americans, they're on to the semifinals. And in the men's side of the draw, a Ben Shelton, an American in the semis, taking on Novak Djokovic. And then Carlos Alcaraz, who just won last year's U.S. Open, this year's Wimbledon is in the semifinals. I give you that update because, let's face it, none of you are paying attention to this tournament, and for good reason. It's football season. I feel the same way about the Ryder Cup. I think the U.S. Open's a terrific event. I, I've got no hate for the U.S. Open. I think when it's the right pairing and the Americans go on a roll, it is as cool of an environment as you're going to see in sports with that mix of the decorum of the sport of tennis with a New York sports crowd. It's terrific. I love it. I watch it growing up. I still try to tune in for a little bit of it now, but once again, it is another sport that is the victim of the time of year in which it is played. Because in America, where we live, American football takes center stage, and it's tough to get any bit of attention away from the gravitational pull that is the start of football season, both college and NFL. And where, where does the U.S. Open run up against? What does it run up against? College, NFL, start of the season. I think if this was an event in the middle of July or in late April or May, it would have so much more attention on it and people would be watching it a lot more. I know some of the ratings do okay. I think another part of this is with it being on ESPN, a lot of the matches, why are you turning to ESPN on the weekend for the most part? It's college football games. Yeah. 
I think losing some of that spotlight, if it was on a different network that that network was all about the U.S. Open all the time, the same way a, a Fox would be about the World Cup when they're not airing any other sports at that time, when they get a World Cup, if the U.S. Open had that level of attention on it and specificity to the sport and to the event, I think that it would do better than it does. But the bottom line is, in America, we care most about football, and it's tough to steal some of that spotlight with what I think is a great event like the U.S. Open. I'm going to be following it and see if the Americans can get to a final and see what that's like. I'm always rooting for the Americans in this event, Hutton, but I think it's just another one that's a victim of the time of year it's in. Colin, our resident golf expert, was saying at least this year the Ryder Cup, which is played outside of Rome, Italy, mm-hmm. it'll be on. It'll be like a British Open. It's going to be on from like 3 a.m. to noon, I think 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Sunday. So at least you can watch that before football starts on the weekend. But it's still just not the same. It's, it's something that would be premier if it was on a different weekend in the middle of the summer. You have to make a purpose and a, a destination uh, moment, right? To, uh, it's got to be on your calendar to make sure you go and observe, watch whatever you're going to do with the U.S. Open. Here. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was... Meanwhile, uh, you're just flipping channels for football. Yeah, and, and it, it takes a story, too. I remember uh, there was one year, I want to say it was maybe 2005, there was a year where Andre Agassi went on a big run at the U.S. Open right before he retired. It was his last Open, and it was amazing. Every match he was in, the, the crowd noise, everyone behind an aging Andre Agassi. I remember Andy Roddick going on a run and how the American crowd got behind Andy Roddick one year. But outside of that one, there's not that huge yeah. feel-good story typically involving an American at the U.S. Open. It, it's not going to be as big of a deal. Serena, you know, in the U.S. Open, also yeah. in, in Venus when the she's going on a that. run. It gets loud. So it's, again, no hate towards the event. I think it's a great event that would be served well if it was in a different time of year. Chad, college programs, especially hoops, have been served well in the transfer portal. You can immediately recharge and re-energize a locker room just by adding one, maybe two players. College football is seeing that injection as well. And we're seeing it firsthand with the storyline and the star of college football right now in Deion Sanders at Colorado. 53 transfers for Colorado that were on the field in in Boulder and will be this weekend, but down in Fort Worth in their win against TCU that no one saw coming, 45-42. And Texas State could also be thrown into the mix, 45 players for them as they upset Baylor. The other programs that are in the top 10 for transfers uh, during this cycle that Dion went from the HBCU at Jackson State to Colorado. Ole Miss had 31, Oregon as well with 31 transfers, Arizona State, Cal, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. They're all in the mix for the most turnover year to year. And I think the, the storyline can be flipped a bit from the narrative that we had coming out of the weekend, which is, man, they've really turned around the program at Colorado. Look what others could do. Others being the ones that haven't embraced it yet or truly bought in, leaned in as much as maybe they should. Maybe they're raising an eyebrow going, well, it's working, so we're going to have to keep up. I'm looking at it from the programs that are already doing it and felt like they were all in. And now they're seeing what Dion just did. I don't think there's another coach in America other than Saban, Kirby Smart, and uh, maybe two or three others 
that leave where they are and practically bring anyone they want with them. And Dion could do that next year somewhere else if he so uh, chooses. He won't. He'll be at Colorado with Shadur Sanders. Point being, though, Chad, I think we're entering an era where those that embrace NIL and the portal are going to do it even more because they see what can happen when you have the Deion Sanders celebrity status paired with the momentum of any player in America that's legit that he has his eyes on. They're coming with him, and they're following him everywhere. And you can really get a jump start and a big step forward going from a 500 club to a potential championship contender in your conference in one quick offseason with the right additions. It's not as easy as it may seem, but with the right momentum, you can turn it around and save your gig and be more than just a short-term solution for what is a long-term plan for the athletic department on where they're headed. If you want to keep your gig, I think you've got to do it more, especially for the programs like Ole Miss, Oregon, Arizona State, Cal, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Again, just looking at the top 10 behind Colorado this year. There's a proof of concept there now, too. I know it's one week, but in that one I mean, week to see that win, there is proof of concept for Dion's path to this working. Well, let's say Texas State also deserves mention here because yeah. they, 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 along with Colorado, were both 20-point-plus underdogs. And they flipped that into victories against programs that we thought were much better than what they seemed to be on game day. I don't think it works for everyone, though. I think it's perfect for what Dion's doing and for the Colorado program. I think it's perfect for G.J. Kenny at Texas State. If you were at a program that has traditionally played at a higher level, I still think the best way to go about it is to build through high school recruiting, spend a lot in NIL, absolutely. That's half of it. That if you're falling behind the times on that, you're going to fall behind. It's, it's really that simple. But build through NIL with high school recruiting and sprinkle in transfers in needed spots year after year. Don't ever abandon the transfer portal, but use it to your advantage year after year. Now, this complete makeover transformation at Colorado is very unique. And Hutton, I think it may be unique to Deion Sanders' ability as a recruiter, as a celebrity, um, as someone that you either you're either buy into it 100% or you buy into it 0%. And his guys, his players, Travis Hunter, a great example, that buy into it 100%, they're going to follow him. I saw a quote where Deion Sanders, who went out on the field to, uh, to visit with an injured TCU player, and I forget the player's name, but he said in an interview today, he said, yeah, I wanted to go say something to him because that young man wanted to come with me to Colorado. And I would not let him because of his injury history. But I still have love for him. He's saying right there, this kid had to go to TCU because I wouldn't accept him because of his injury history. Deion Sanders is the trying to create a program. Too. Play peewee with him. He's trying to create a program where he doesn't have to even suck up to guys in recruiting. It's going to be well, more of a, here's what we do. Here's who I am. I believe in you. I want you to come along. Are you going to do it or not? And if they don't, he just moves on to the well, next guy. They, they There's not going to be a lot of begging with him. They may not have to reach the numbers that Dion's willing to, to pull and, and turn over. I, I'm not necessarily going to the ceiling here. But for an Ole Miss program that had 31, how many did they decide not to really take? And maybe behind closed doors now, you're like, you know what? Maybe we should have made a reach here. 
or rolled the dice on a player we weren't really sure about off the field. I think programs are going to try to lean even more into it, even if they feel like they've been all in from the jump. And I, don't, I still don't understand why Kiffin's so against this. When Ole Miss is at the top of this list and it, he benefits from everyone coming in and the, the immediate impact that the players can have on the roster instead of having to get them through you know, the training room and on a, a diet regimen, especially, especially in the trenches on the offensive and defensive lines where you need guys in high school that are coming to college to develop into the player you need to play in these top conferences. I think they're going to take more. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is another good example of it. It's going to work for them. I think that's a program at, at their level in the SEC, though, in their pecking order of the SEC, it benefits them more to add guys through the portal. I just don't think it's it's not a it's not for everyone. Well, I, I don't think I'm every program that. should go I, about it that I'm way. I'm just saying those that it is for will add more, not yes, less. I, I I agree with that. And that impacts the high school recruiting. I sent you guys the uh, column from the Toledo newspaper that interviewed Jerry Glanville. Yes. Dion's old coach. Th- this is one area where I think this could come back to bite Dion at some point, whenever he has problems. You know, he's talked about, I don't believe in culture. I don't care about culture. Get better players. Get good players. I don't care if you like each other. We're not going to have a culture on this team. We're not going to talk about that. And Jerry Glanville in the piece kind of laughed and said, yeah, I wonder where he got that because that's how he coached. Jerry Glanville was not a successful head coach no. uh, in the NFL. So I, I, while I laugh when he said, you know, I'm trying to get guys to go play football together and not go hug a tree together was the quote from Jerry Glanville. <laughs> and I kind of understand what he's saying. I, I totally disagree. I, I think with the best programs in America, whether that culture is just being a badass – and an ultimate competitor. Yep. Uh, it w- that was the culture on the Florida teams under Urban Meyer. That that's the culture at places like Ohio State Miami. at times. Yes. What culture is important though. It's not just let's throw a collection of talent together. Yeah. And then you know maybe they'll just get along or maybe not. Doesn't matter. You're I, right. I, I disagree with Dion on that. Uh, Jed, you and I both disagree uh, with Clarence Hill, who he's a Dallas Cowboys writer, uh, who he. He claims that the chants of F.U. to Dion were uh, racially motivated and that a white coach wouldn't have received the same response. I mean, have you not walked the sidelines in the NFL or in the uh, SEC, Big Ten, any conference for that matter? Coaches are getting this all the time. And Dion's going to get more of it because he, I, he loves it. He leans into it. He embraces the hate. Now, he loves love. But if you hate on him, he's going to call you out whenever he beats you. Yeah, this the is... The chance that, that... That doesn't surprise me in the least. No, and, and it's not a racist thing. You know, this, this idea from Clarence Hill that, oh, these, these great white coaches, no one ever chanted. People chant that at them all the time, at white coaches also. Nick Saban? And with Nick Saban, Lane it's not Kiffin. a... It, here's the deal with Dion. It's, it's not a race issue. It's an age issue to me. Or it's just your sensibility. I just think there are people that don't like Deion Sanders because he says exactly what he thinks. He's over-the-top, cocky, confident, arrogant, however you want to describe it. People are uncomfortable by that still, and especially around college football where you're used to canned answers, responses, speeches by coaches, not saying exactly what they think. Not even So Deion Sanders is so different, people are always going to be opposed to change 
and someone that's different. But it's not to even me, change. people don't like the difference with Deion Sanders. Not the fact that he's black. Well, but and and he's winning and he's beating your team, right? But right. but that go like Saban's a great. You think Saban doesn't get this whenever he goes to the to Death Valley in Baton Rouge? Well, there's videos of it. Of course he does. Danny Cannell posted a video of last year in Austin, Texas, during a pregame hit, the Texas fans chanting "F.U. Saban." I mean, it, it happened last year. Of course, this it, happens it's, to it's white coaches too. Not hard to find. It's got nothing right. to do with race. I think it's more about individual sensibilities about what they expect from a college coach and how they talk to the media and how they talk about their opponent and how they talk about other coaches and players. And Deion Sanders is never going to fit that stereotype of the college coach and how they behave and what they say publicly. He may he may not be talking culture, building culture. He is trying to build up the rivalry between Colorado and Nebraska, which has been there. They haven't played since 2019. And there's definitely not a player on the Colorado roster that's been around for that. But there's no red allowed in the facility. Shador Sanders, who has his own website, is taking down any shirts that he's selling that are red this week. And Dion's talking trash. Can't wait for that game. Nope. Can't wait for Armando Salguero and the kickoff of the NFL tonight. He joins us next to preview KC in Detroit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine. NFL kicks off tonight. Game one of 272. Uh, looking forward to it. And Chiefs-Lions, we'll preview that in a moment with Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. Chad, what do you make of that? You, you certainly know Nebraska football well. Um, used to play all the time when they were in the same conference, and now we get Nebraska on the road at Colorado, and Dion is playing up the rivalry and making sure that everyone knows it's personal for him and yeah, his team. It was for years, the Friday after Thanksgiving, Colorado-Nebraska would play when they were both uh, – Big eight teams and then big 12 teams. Fierce rivalry. I remember Chris Brown, who was oh, also yeah. a Titan, had that yeah. huge, I think, over 200-yard game to upset Nebraska yeah. one year. So it's good to see Dion not you know, just making it all about himself and this team, You're right. but embracing the Colorado traditions, saying, I got nothing personal against he, Matt Rule in Nebraska, but this is personal for no, us and our fan base. We hate them. So now it's going to be personal for me, too. I, I like that. Always great to see Armando Salguero, who joins us. Outkick.com is where you can read his great work. The NFL kicking off tonight with Kansas City and Detroit. Armando, happy new year to you. And will we see Travis Kelsey tonight at Arrowhead as you uh, sit in, in the press box with a great view behind you uh, through your laptop? How are you, man? Yeah, it's a virtual yes. press box. Uh, I've been there before, as you guys know. No doubt. Uh, but... Not today. I've got other business to fry and other fish to attend to uh, later this weekend. Been there, been there often as well, and it is the most college-like atmosphere in the league. Um, do you think Travis Kelsey gives it a go this evening? I, I think he's going to try. He's going to come out 
about uh, two hours before the game, which would be like six o'clock. Yeah. And try to work out and see how the swelling goes and see where his pain uh, ability to manage pain is, because that is, after all, a bone bruise that he has. And if he's able to do it, then he'll do it. And if not, then the Kansas City Chiefs will play without Travis Kelsey, without Tyreek Hill, without Juju Smith-Schuster. And they're still going to be pretty hard to stop on offense. But it does allow Detroit to defend them differently if if Kelsey's not there. What's interesting, it, there's even speculation that based on his contract, he's, he has a $44,000 active roster bonus for the 48, not just the 53. And there's speculation they could, they could even dress him and he would only be in for certain plays, down in distances, red zone, whatever. I'm eager to see how they use him if he even does play. If he doesn't, we know Chris Jones isn't playing on the opposite side of the ball. That's two of the three main factors that won them a Super Bowl on the entire run a year ago, Armando. What does that mean for Detroit and their chances tonight? Well, you know, the odds makers, this game started out at like seven or something like that. Yes, yep. Uh, then it went down to six and a half, then six, then five and a half, and... Uh, obviously they believe that it gives the Lions a better chance, which is obviously the obvious, right? Um, I don't know, man. Look, I, I learned long ago that you don't doubt superheroes, and Patrick Mahomes is one yes. of those guys. Yep. And I, I've seen him basically win games on one leg, uh, and we call it a sprain or a high ankle sprain. It was one leg. The guy <laughs> could barely walk. And all of a sudden he's between the lines and he's running. And how does he do that? I don't understand. So including in the Super Bowl, by the way, and you know, they, they've lost talent. I will say this, their offensive line is going to be better. And you mentioned Detroit and how did they spend all day adjusting their their game plan? Oh, we won't see Travis Kelsey. I doubt it. Well, because they definitely have to account for where he lines up. I don't know if there's another receiver that they have to do that with. Right, but what I'm saying is they they were accounting for that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, or rather Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, then that happened on, on Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. So it's like yesterday they traveled. The hay was in the barn. Um, it's going to be hard to just undo everything and say, all right, forget what we talked about with Travis Kelsey. Now we have a, a mortal at tight end for the Chiefs. Armando, are you going to sit there and argue that Jared Goff is not a superhero, the way you described Patrick Mahomes (laughs) in this game, that that's not going to be the same factor with him? I I am interested, though, in in, in what Jared Goff is versus the perception of Jared Goff, right? He is a guy who has played in a Super Bowl, but does anyone really believe that Jared Goff is going to elevate Detroit? And if he's not going to elevate, is their current roster good enough for him to manage Detroit? their way into something great this season? Well, so the Lions are are wanting to build and believe they are kind of built in the mold of what the Philadelphia Eagles did last year. 
they're not dependent on the superstar quarterback. They have an outstanding offensive line. They've got playmakers in both the pass and running game. And their defense is, is solid. Um, last year, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl because their defense was something less than solid against a superstar quarterback. And by the way, every other good quarterback that they played, they gave up over 30 points. So if the Lions have all these things going on, Jared Goff doesn't have to wear a cape and a mask. He, he just, dude, make a play or two and don't lose it for us. That's what Jared Goff is asked to do in Detroit. If he can elevate beyond that, then that's 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 great. That's better for you know Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions and the automobile industry in America. It's wonderful, <laughs> but that's not the goal. He doesn't have to hit that target for the Lions to be successful. Always by American. That according to uh, Armando Salguero. Hey, speaking of America, um, I, I love this bi-coastal week one matchup between the Chargers and the Dolphins. NFL does a great job with week one matchups, Armando. Specifically, what do you make about those two teams, their goals this season, and what we're going to see late Sunday afternoon? They have the same exact goals, and that is to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I wouldn't say anything short of that is failure because – I mean, the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game since January of 2000. So, you know, winning a playoff game would be uh, progress for the Dolphins. For the Chargers, look, there's, there's a feeling in San Diego slash L.A., mostly San Diego because that's where most Charger fans are still, that that team has sort of underachieved. That that team has had a lot of talent. And typically what happens is towards October, November, and definitely December, that talent isn't on the field anymore. They're, they they have the one of the worst um, attrition rates in the NFL. If they can stay healthy, they should be good. Kellen, Kellen Moore is the new offensive coordinator. Justin Herbert, the quarterback you know, swears by them. So they did a lot of scoring in Dallas the last few years, over 30 points a game last year, I believe, uh, with Kellen Moore running the show as the offensive coordinator. And now he's got a better quarterback, a good offensive line, you know, a prolific running back who scores, who is like a fantasy machine. So uh, the Chargers, I get it. They're in the AFC West, and that's a bad place to be because the Kansas City Chiefs are in the AFC West. But they need to be in the playoffs, and they need to win in the playoffs. And same for the Dolphins. Armando Salguero, our guest, Outkick.com's NFL uh, senior reporter. Um, it's a big season opener for the Chicago Bears. It was abysmal a year ago in a downpour as they took on Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers. It's time for Justin Fields to shine, especially with the new sheriff at quarterback. Maybe he's the deputy that wants to be sheriff. Jordan Love takes over uh, with uh, a handful of starts, less than, what, 10 career starts. Um, and oh, Excuse me, two starts that we've seen, 10 appearances. 
And Justin Fields, who has finally had an offseason of some respect from the front office because they had the the cash flow to go do so. Yeah, the, the Bears have revamped their offensive line, which was a problem last year. They've gotten some playmakers on the outside, which was a problem last yes, year. Yes, yes. Uh, their defense is is good. That wasn't as much of a problem last year, and they still have the quarterback who is who, by his own uh, word, says that he's the best running quarterback in the NFL, bar none. And the thousand yards last year kind of, you know, speak on his behalf. I don't care about any of that. Is Justin Fields good? A good pocket quarterback? That's what I want to know, because that's the question that's going to decide whether the Bears matter in 2023 and beyond. If Justin Fields is this gadget runner, inconsistent passer, sometimes on, sometimes not, ball placement, sometimes great, sometimes not, processing, sometimes great, sometimes not, uh, you know, reading defenses and, and and knowing where to go with the ball, sometimes good, sometimes not. If he's not those things, everything else that we've talked about and all the expenditures that they've made are kind of not in vain because they've surrounded him with more talent, but it's not going to result in what the Chicago Bears want ultimately, and that is to be the favorites in the NFC North and, you know, be a, a playoff, not contender, a playoff monster. Can you explain what Chandler Jones and the Raiders are going through right now uh, as we get set for the season opener for them in Denver? Everything was looking pretty good. Jimmy G's healthy. Josh Jacobs is back. Max Crosby's under a long-term deal. They had just signed uh, Chandler uh, Jones to a three-year, $51 million contract. And now he's got beef with the organization. He's screenshotting text messages to the head coach and general manager. They're sending a, 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 a wellness check over to his home, it appears. What's up with all this? Yeah, I talked to someone earlier today about Chandler Jones. And the only thing this guy said over and over and over is, I, I, I just hope he's okay. I hope he is okay. I hope he's okay. No details on what is actually wrong with Chandler Jones, but I think this bears uh, mentioning when he was with the New England Patriots, Chandler Jones had a, I think, a similar episode where he kind of, uh, I don't know if this is politically correct to say these things nowadays, but he went off the reservation. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in New England, and that led to him getting traded. And at the time, he was like a 14, 15, 16 sacks a year guy. Teams don't give up and trade 14, 15, and 16 sacks a year guys if things are okay. If you, you know, no doubt. So, so some, so he's been dealing with things. For a while, I don't know exactly what they are. I don't know um, that anybody would want to share it anyway. But uh, this isn't like 
the hugest surprise in the world because it's not the first time that it happens. Armando, finally, in the final minute here, Chad and I are about to do our, our season predictions coming up. Uh, you've got a, a long piece and a, a great one at OutKick, just overview of how you see the season going. Mahomes is chasing Tom Brady. Do the Chiefs repeat? No. Who do you have? <laughs> I, I am going to go against everything that I believe, and I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers okay. as the NFL champions of 2023-24. Big Brock Purdy guy. Well, no, that's the thing. <laughs> everything I, I, I believe it. is everything I believe is you have to it. have a stud at quarterback, and I'm not sure that Brock Purdy is a stud at quarterback. But they've got studs lining the entire rest of the roster, including arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, Nick Bosa. We don't have enough time to dive into the nightmare that this could be for for some fans because not everyone would be on board with this. But imagine a Detroit-Cleveland Super Bowl. The Rust Belt. (laughs) Love it. The Browns have an extremely high ceiling and a very low floor. And I don't know which way to lean on this. Armando. Great as always. You're the man, Armando. Can't wait for tonight's matchup and all the coverage this weekend. Armando will have full coverage in New York, by the way. Sunday night football, Giants and Cowboys. Enjoy Arrowhead. Jets and Bills on Monday night. Appreciate you, Thanks, man. Thanks, Armando. Thank you, man. Super Bowl predictions here, plus teams to watch out for surprises next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love football season. It is back. Coming up in 20 minutes, one big thing on every NFL game, plus Ryan Leaf in hour number three. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network, live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine here in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Chad, uh, college football headlines coming up later. And right now, prediction time. Here we are. It's kickoff of the 104th NFL season. And I was awful at my predictions a year ago. I don't remember yours. Um, I just know that my picks failed miserably. Uh, and the, I didn't have the Giants, let's put it that way, uh, winning in the way they did. And I certainly wasn't looking uh, at the, the right divisions in terms of who was going to be great and who wasn't. Denver, I had Denver in the playoffs, for instance. You kick things off, though, today. Let's get the division winners, your three wild card teams from the AFC. Hutton, I'm a look look ahead, look forward kind of guy, yeah. not not a look back type of guy. No, I, I'm I'm improving. I'm I'm confident. I, this year. I uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have no clue what I picked a year ago. Don't care. I may have crushed him, may have failed. Doesn't matter. No, it, New played, year. it played a factor for me in my selections this year. It's 2023. It is. Oh, I, that always does. It, <laughs> it, it, that usually happens in my brackets. Yeah. When I overvalue a team for for too long, but then eventually you adjust and go with someone else. But again, I'm looking ahead, not looking back. Don't know what I did last year. It doesn't matter because I'm going to go 100% this year. Let's start in the AFC. The AFC East. 
All the hype has been around the New York Jets. I like that team. We'll see how much I like them a little bit later. But there's one team everyone's sleeping on, and it's the best team in this division the last few years. It is the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they're done yet. I don't think they're on the decline this year. I think the Bills are going to be really good. I think the best team in the AFC East. Give me the Buffalo Bills to edge out the New York Jets in the AFC East. AFC South. This is one that's not going to be overly popular nationally. I think the Tennessee Titans with DeAndre Hopkins are the best team in the division. I'll go a step further. Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill healthy and not DeAndre Hopkins are better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags, who at one point a year ago were 4-8 and eight on the season, that had to survive Joshua Dobbs at home in barely winning by, I believe, four points to win the division and get in the playoffs. I don't think the Titans are done quite yet with that division. I think they got one more year left in them, left in them to squeeze it out. I think they do that this year. I think they're better than Jacksonville. Give me the Titans, the AFC South. AFC North, this is a tricky one. Could have gone a number of directions. Really good division, stacked. I'm going to go with the safest bet, the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to win on Sunday against the Houston Texans. I like their defense. Lamar Jackson now getting paid. Give me the Ravens to win the AFC North. Out West, this is an easy one. Don't need to spend a lot of time on it. It's the Chiefs. They're the champs. They've got Patrick Mahomes. Armando Salguero referred to him as a superhero. I would agree with that assessment. Give me the Chiefs in the AFC West. Wildcard teams in the AFC. I said the AFC North was stacked. Cincinnati is a big reason why they are stacked. Give me the Bengals as a wildcard team, the first one. The Jets, as I mentioned earlier, second in the AFC East. And Jacksonville, a surprise two teams in the playoffs from the weak AFC South. That's my big surprise in this one. I don't hate Jacksonville. I just don't think they're as good as the Titans. Give me the Jags as that third wildcard team. Hutton, my notable omission from this, your Los Angeles Chargers, who I still don't believe in. Uh, I may not either, Chad. Okay. Yeah, based on the, let's compare. There, there are two teams that I have in that you do not. All right. Um, and we'll start with the, the AFC East. I, I agree. We did not confer with each we other on these picks. We have no idea what the, the other is taking. In the AFC for me, Chad. Uh, you, you mentioned the Bills. I still believe in Buffalo, too. I have the Jets winning the AFC East. Yes, this is about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the team that they had last season was a quarterback away from the postseason. And now they have that quarterback in the fold. And it's just not a, a QB. It's a future Pro Football Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers, who comes over from Green Bay. Uh, and, and a defense, by the way, that allowed just 18 points per game a year ago. They have plenty of playmakers. And now the Jets... Go from worst to first. I'm taking the Jets in the AFC East. AFC South, Jacksonville. I believe they have a shot to be the number one seed in the AFC this season. Look at their schedule. Their cross-division in the NFC is the NFC South. The schedule helps them. Peterson and Lawrence have clicked. They have plenty of playmakers on both sides of the football. It is time for them to hit. It is time for Trevor Lawrence to be the undoubted Number one pick two years before he was even eligible to be in the NFL. Sunshine. I believe Jacksonville will win the AFC South, and it won't be coming down to the final week of the season like the NFL wants all of the divisions to do. Uh, AFC North, bit of surprise here. Pittsburgh, 
the Steelers. They already have a top 10 defense. And now it's time for Kenny Pickett to make that big jump from year one to year two. He finished the year strong uh, last season. And with Pickens and Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson is now in Pittsburgh, Fryermuth, Najee Harris, who will start but eventually take a back seat to who is going to be a, a star, Jalen Warren in the backfield, and the coaching. I think this is a great top-to-bottom division. I think Pittsburgh wins it the final week of the season. And uh, finally for me, in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Arrowhead. Mahomes remains in his prime. They've gambled with their receiving core by not adding certain players that they were rumored to be in the mix for, but with Kelsey and eventually Chris Jones, of course, Andy Reid calling plays, and a defense that should improve as the season progresses, and a run game that I think they'll lean on more than they did a year ago, Kansas City's winning the AFC West. Three wildcard teams uh, on the AFC side for me. I do not have the Chargers uh, listed here. I go with the Bengals. Joe Cool in the running for most valuable player by the end of this. He might get it. Super Bowl or bust type year for Burrow and a three-pack, a trio of receivers that's in their final year together. Uh, the Bills also make this uh, playoff race as a wild card team. They're still the team to beat in the East. I just have the Jets beating them at the end of it. And give me the Baltimore Ravens in a very competitive, tough AFC. The Ravens are going to be a really good team. They're just going through the gauntlet, and I have them on the road throughout the playoffs the entire duration as the last team in. Hunt, I'm not shocked that you have the Steelers in the playoffs. I am a little bit shocked you have them winning the AFC North. So, But three teams in from that loaded division for you. Yes. I, I, again, the best division is right there. All the hype is going to the AFC East. I'll take the AFC North. Should we move on to the NFC? Let's hear it. My NFC predictions will start with the NFC East. Fly, Eagles, fly. Very simple for me. Yep. They were the best team in the entire NFC a year ago. They're the best team in the NFC East once again this year. There's not a lot to not like about their roster. I think 1 through 53, they probably rival a team that I'm going to have winning a division later in this okay. segment. I think they're great. I think they're Georgia guys on defense. Jalen Carter might be the defensive rookie of the year in the NFL for them this year. I love the Eagles. They're going to win the NFCs. NFC South, maybe a bit of a surprise. I'm a, I'm a believer in Arthur Smith. I'm a believer in Desmond Ritter being improved and the a quarterback play being improved this year. The Atlanta Falcons are going to win a bad NFC South. How bad? Maybe not as bad as some might believe. I'll let you know why in just a little bit. NFC North, you're going to see the NFC North champion tonight in the NFL kickoff game. The Detroit Lions love their, love their roster. I think Goff is good enough to manage a really good roster to win that division. I think Jameer Gibbs, I know we're not doing player picks here. I think he's the offensive rookie of the year. I think there's a plan with him, and we're going to see some of that plan tonight. There's a reason you draft running back at 12 when there wasn't a real noticeable need for running back, I think he's going to be utilized all over the field in that Detroit offense. Give me the Lions to win the NFC North. NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers. Who rivals the Eagles with best roster, 1 through 53? It's the 49ers. And I think the 49ers roster may be even a little bit better, even though they're not as good at the quarterback spot. Wildcard teams in the NFC, the Giants who we will see open on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. 
I buy into the progress they made a year ago. I think a very solid, steady team throughout. Daniel Jones is going to be good against Saquon Barkley, possible difference maker at running back. Give me the Giants. Also, the Vikings and the Cowboys. Vikings, last hurrah for Kirk Cousins. They'll do fine. Cowboys, not totally a believer, but they've got enough talent to squeak into the playoffs with that last wild card Only spot. Only a couple of uh, changes for me, and I'm going rapid fire here. Uh, Eagles are winning the division in the East. Falcons, I'm with you. Uh, pieces are there for a run in a bad division. They have a great offensive line, great backfield. Pieces for Ritter to flourish. He just has to do that. Vikings in the North. Aggressive approach from defense this season with Brian Flores there as the new defensive coordinator. Seahawks. Geno Smith completes a lot of passes. They have a lot of wide receivers. And they drafted... Zach Charbonnet to pair with uh, Kenneth Walker III. Lions, 49ers, Cowboys are my wildcard teams in the NFC. Chad, your Super Bowl matchup. Hutton, Western New York is going to be going crazy. The Buffalo Bills to beat the San Francisco 49ers. My Super Bowl selection. I think people are sleeping on the Bills. I like them to get it done in the AFC East. I think that they break the curse, whatever's been going on with that franchise. They get over the hump against the Chiefs in an AFC championship game. Bills beat the 49ers for the Super Bowl. I've got KC against San Fran. San Fran's a wild card team for me, but the defense is going to get them there. The Chiefs are going back to back, and Mahomes continues the chase for Brady, and they become the first back to back champs for the first time in, what, 20 years since Brady did it with the Patriots. Um, 0304 last time okay. it happened was uh, Brady and the Patriots over the Panthers, then Brady and the Patriots over the Eagles. I don't, I don't, li- I dislike your your Bills pick. I, I think the Bills have been overlooked this offseason. I think that helps them because they're not facing that type of pressure. San Francisco's defense is outstanding. Um, I'm, I'm with you on the 49ers as well. I'm, I just cannot bet against Mahomes because I did it a year ago. You can go to outkick.com slash bet to make your futures bets. Uh, who do you have as your MVP, Chad? Who are you playing with points bet? I'm going to ride the Bills theme all the way through, Hutton. Josh Allen as my NFL MVP this year. I've got Jalen Hurts. He was close a year ago. I think he tops it based on the playmakers that are coming back and a defense that lost five starters, but a defense that replaced those starters with really good young talent that will get the ball back for him. I love the way he played. I love the way he leads. He ascended to the upper tier of quarterback play for me a year ago. I think he repeats it and then some. And he's not just a flash on the on the radar by the end of September. He's there for the duration. Uh, you can make your futures bets with points bet. If you haven't taken a shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Here's the big reason why. Exclusively for the first time, uh, points bet users, you can grab this unique offer. Place an initial bet of $50 or more in any game and receive an official jersey from fanatics.com. Jerseys aren't your thing. Opt for $150 in credit to Fanatics and load up on the gear you truly want. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're ready to get in the game, head over to outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet right now is where you go to snag this offer. And you can discover more options, more incredible deals, and uh, check out all of the great partners that we have with super uh, with our, our sports books, including points bet, uh, which is 
certainly the place to go to get that offer right now. The new users bet $50 to get the official jersey from Fanatics. Hun, we both had the 49ers in the Super Bowl, which means that the 49ers probably will not even make the playoffs. That's my that's now my new bold prediction Purdy. based on both of us having so much faith in the Niners. Sam Darnold will be the quarterback of the Super Sam Bowl. Sam Darnold could be. They could trade back for Trey Lance at some point <laughs> if things go south with both those quarterbacks. Maybe so. We've seen multiple quarterback injuries with the 49ers before. Maybe they have to go back to Lance. Coming up, plenty of good matchups, intriguing matchups based on offseason acquisitions, finishes from a season ago, including one tonight, Chiefs and Lions. We'll preview that game, plus one big thing on every NFL game for week one. And Ryan Leaf is on deck as well in hour number three. Final hour straight ahead. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Stick with us.